crisis in Whatcom County red raspberry farming. The bottom dropping out of the market. And if you heard uh, the first half of the program, you heard the heart-wrenching story of one of those growers that really doesn't even know if he'll be able to sell all of his fruit this year. You heard him there, Landon Van Dyke was kind enough to chat with us on the program i i know how hard that is it's the last thing a farmer in that situation wants to i mean farmers don't like to talk on the radio period uh, but especially when things are going that wrong for your business for your family uh you've got generations of of folks before you and you feel so much weight to carry that forward and then things seem to be going wrong and falling down around you it's it's difficult uh to even talk uh, to anybody about it no less on the radio so we really appreciate him sharing his story right now they don't know what they're going to do uh, him saying things like i don't know if i'm going to be able to keep doing this farming thing I, I may have to go into engineering or something else that i you know that i went to college for or he, he's just not sure right now about the future of their longtime family farm been around these parts for over a hundred years I believe it was great-grandpa that, that started the operation there south of Linden. Uh, I mentioned during that conversation, and, and welcome back, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned this is the Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm your host, Dylan Honkoop. Um, full-time now. Used to be a full-time radio guy. Now I'm full-time uh, save family farming, farming advocacy guy. And, the, and that's why I continue here, the Farming Show, Saturday mornings. It's right up my alley. It's what I grew up doing. It's what my career is right now. Um, and, and this is my whole community here. Uh, and that's why I care so deeply about the things that are happening right now with the markets, with families, with their operations, and whether or not they're going to be able to survive. Um, joining me right now is uh, another uh, guy my age, um, like Landon is, and it's interesting, it's, it's falling now to our generation, John Mayberry uh, of Mayberry Packing. Uh, his family, what, you guys are, uh, what, four generations or more into this as well. Uh, we've had your dad, uh, Marty Mayberry, on the program um, several times in the past. I don't, your dad and my dad played football together. Now we're here. It's, it's up to our generation. We got to carry the torch on from this. And there are some huge battles that need to be waged as far as market and fair trade uh, for the, the fruits that we grow here in Whatcom County to be able to continue to have the, the agriculture, the farming that we have in Whatcom County. Explain, I, where do you start? I, I know we, we were in a, a meeting yesterday um, and you spoke a bit and it's hard to even know where to start explaining to people what's going on with the raspberry market right now. Yeah, thanks, Dylan, for uh, for having me on. And uh, yeah, it's a tough situation for uh, a lot of a lot of growers in the area right now, and it's affecting all of us. But obviously, some of them are some of them are getting the first uh, the first shot. But uh, yeah, we've been we've been seeing this coming now for a couple years. Uh, the in, the increase in imports from both Eastern Europe and uh, Mexico, especially. Has been has been increasing at a pretty rapid rate. Uh, the uh, the fresh market has been moving down, moving from California to Mexico, and doubling almost every two years. And it's really kind of hit that point now where the byproduct from the fresh industry is having a very ser very serious impact on on our markets up here. 
Well, let's let's define some terms for people who aren't familiar. Fresh meaning berries that are truly fresh off the vine. You know, they have very short shelf life um, versus the frozen market, which almost all of the fruit here in Whatcom County goes into the frozen market where it, that fruit is taken and, and frozen either in a, in a block or individually uh, for the higher quality stuff. Um, and then some of the others uh, product is is uh, turned into juice, and that's either frozen or and or concentrated right off the bat. So you're talking about the fresh fruit that's being grown in Mexico having an impact on what we're doing here in Whatcom County with frozen fruit. How how does that even happen? You mentioned byproduct in there. Explain for people who aren't familiar with any of this how this all plays off each other. Yeah, just like any any other kind of fresh industry, there's going to be a certain percentage that ends up uh, not making quality standards for for uh, for the fresh market. So in Mexico's case, it ranges from 10 to 20 percent. So right now, their current production is about 250 million pounds. So that means 25 to 50 million pounds is now coming in to primarily the U.S. and at at very very low prices, prices that you know, often a third of what our market would be what would, what would be considered our break even for our market. So it's it's next to impossible to compete compete with the prices. The the quality is not there, but our buyers and whatnot, you know they. They start out by putting in a certain percentage. Um, then once one customer does it, they all have to do it. Um, and then eventually it just continues to creep up and up. And, um, right now at say the 25 to 50 million of byproduct, it's having some pretty devastating effects. And they expect, they expect by 2019 for that to be double that. So, so how quickly has this this Mexican production ramped up? I mean, were they a, a big deal five, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago? Not, not really. No, they have almost doubled production every two years for the past, I believe, seven, eight years. So it, uh, yeah, it. So a, it, it, a massive it, growth in fruit from Mexico over it, just the last been, less than ten years. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, actually, how fast uh, how fast they've grown. Why is that? Also, why is that different? What 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 changed to make that happen? You know, the different varieties that have been developed that can in growing methods and whatnot that have been that have been uh, researched and implemented have have enabled them to go into some areas that they haven't gone in before. Um, that's that's probably the main one. But then also, of course, the uh, the uh, the cheaper labor down in Mexico compared to compared to California is a pretty significant reason to to draw that production down there. Well, and we're that, talking, you know, twenty twenty times. Um, we we pay about twenty times per employee than they would down in Mexico. Twenty times more uh, per employee. That, that's a cost for a grower. That's certainly a benefit for workers who are able to work uh, in in our fields here. Uh, versus having to work in fields, say, in Mexico, where, uh, from what I understand, you know, the minimum wage might be somewhere in the neighborhood of like $11 a day. Not $11 an hour, $11 a day, um, if you can imagine that. And and that's that's where this really gets down to brass tacks, because I, I, I'm assuming that some people right now listening might be thinking, well, 
uh, that's the market. Hey, you know, there's more berries out there. The price goes down, you know, supply and demand, capitalism, this, how, this is how it works. But there's more to the story than that because it's not just about fair um, uh, trade and, and capitalism. There's some really unfair things going on there, and, and a lot of that has to do with uh, labor, but also environmental standards, labor standards, uh, quality standards, labeling, all this kind of stuff where American growers suddenly find themselves at a huge disadvantage because of all the additional costs of them trying to do things right, do right by the environment, do right by their workers, uh, have the best food quality, have healthy, safe food. Um, but because of all the costs that go into to producing that kind of product, it puts you at a huge competitive uh, disadvantage. And then on top of that, it sounds like, and, and you can elaborate more on this, John, we're talking with John Mayberry of Mayberry Packing right now on the Farming Edition, talking about this collapse of the red raspberry market and, and what's behind it and what it means for growers here in Whatcom County that are struggling so much right now, even here in the middle of harvest. Um, what what are some of these these issues as far as, as trade and technicalities and, and even potentially laws that are being broken uh, as far as unfair competition and competitive practices? Well, we uh, we started a, a legal analysis, hired a, a legal firm out of, out of D.C. about six months ago, I believe, to do a initial analysis on our market conditions and whether whether or not uh, they thought we should go ahead with the trade case. And what we found, what we found is that uh, the, the numbers that, uh, or the, the data that we would need to, to successfully file one of these cases and help the industry out um, just really wasn't, wasn't there. Uh, the, the import data coming in from Canada, Mexico, and, and Eastern Europe, um, there's, there's a lot of loopholes in, in how they can report that data and how, how, uh, Customs interprets it, and just just from knowing just from knowing you know where our customers are going for their for their fruit and you know, how much is now packed in Canada and then shipped into the U.S. The the numbers that we would need to then go ahead and have a successful case uh, they aren't they aren't being reported correctly, and so we're in kind of a tough spot as far as as far as going down that route. But we're working with. Uh, we're working with our government agencies and, and whoever we can to try and try and fix some of those so, issues. So, if I understand this right, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, there are potentially, there's likely, there's evidence, a smoking gun out there that there are some possibly illegal trade practices happening, but you do not have the data to be able to prove that the law is being broken by these importers from other countries because the right information is not being collected as those illegal imports are being, uh, potentially illegal imports are, are, are coming into the country. Yeah, well, we know just uh, just a specific example recently. In the past two months, we've had 20 million pounds of, of frozen raspberries come come into the states from from serbia and at prices that we haven't seen seen in 30 years so that's how how cheap some of this stuff is coming in and we know they had a small crop over in serbia this year a very significant maybe 30 percent of their normal crop but they had they had a pretty significant amount of inventory from 2017 well, they're sending this stuff over at extremely low prices, prices that are considerably lower than we were even expecting this year for for the market, and calling it 2018 crop. And even though it wasn't picked in 2018, well, that that is our strong suspicion. 
because there is just be no reason for them to be quoting prices that that low. But what that does, well, I understand they were selling this fruit onto the American market just before they actually started their harvest. So how could it have been fruit from this year? Right. right. Big big question mark there. Well, part part of that is to in order to in order to be successful in a in a dumping case, you have to prove that the that the processor overseas is selling it below their below their production costs well if they would have called that 2017 product then we could have proven that it was below their cost but since since they called it 2018 product and they didn't pay their growers anything over in serbia then that makes it harder for (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's really it's hard to prove that it's a lot of tricks yeah a lot of tricks that they can play it makes it hard to prove that, that something illegal is potentially going on. And at the same time, it floods our market for this year just before harvest begins, which could be, I mean, just the, the phenomenon, the, the instance that you're talking about here uh, could be a big driver of what we're seeing right here, you know, this month as people are starting to harvest and suddenly there's not a market for a lot of this stuff. Right. This is, this yeah, be- between between that and the, a number of our customers pulling out completely, especially in the in the puree and the juice markets. And yeah, I mean, we know we know stuff is coming in from Mexico. The, the deal with Mexico and how they're kind of they're skirting the system is they're sending they're sending barrels and tankers and whatnot over from by truck across the Mexican border and calling it fresh. And so there, there's another spot where we're not capturing, we're not capturing the data that we would need in order to. Yeah, because that's also not legal to do. And and you mentioned a dumping case. Just for people who aren't familiar, under international trade laws and and trade deals, uh, obviously we've been hearing a lot about these kinds of things in in other uh, markets. Uh, from the, the the Trump administration of late, as they're you know making heads roll across the globe with all these different things going on, but under these trade deals, it's not legal to go and sell a product under your cost of production into another market into for for instance in this case into the United States it is not legal for um, Serbia to sell uh, fruit into the United States below what it actually costs them to produce it in the first place at a loss essentially because that's mani- manipulating markets it's flooding the markets and it's against um, the trade laws and, and and trade deals this is something that uh, was seen going on with Chile back in the 90s i remember when i was a kid and there was a trade case and that was actually one that there was a legal proof that illegal things were happening and and there's the sense that that's going on again but the bar to prove it is so high that it's hard to say right now is it even worth the money to to go through a case like that yeah it's it's a difficult thing to do um to prove obviously with the numbers uh the way they are and the, the access to the access to accurate data, but it's also really expensive, and that's another thing that we're talking with our with our uh, government representatives is there. There really needs to be a way for smaller industries like ours, and we know that there's some nefarious stuff going on with uh, with our importers or our competition. That for for the industry, for our industry in particular, to to bear the financial strain of that. Uh, the filing legal costs. We're, we're talking in the neighborhood of two million dollars per country, mm. and we've got we've got multiple countries. I mean, basically, everyone is is doing it in the Eastern Europe area, as well as you know maybe Mexico and and some places in South America. But we just don't have we don't have the financial resources to 
to be able to stick up for ourselves. And so we're, we're working with that. Uh, Doug Erickson, he's, uh, he's helping us out a lot. Really, uh, really doing a great job setting up, uh, people that we need to be talking to. So. And this is important for, for consumers too, especially in the long run. I, I think you, you could ask any consumer, you know, where do you want your fruit grown? If you eat red raspberries, where do you want to, and, and you could apply this to so many other crops too, but in this case, where do you want your red raspberries grown? Well, I want them grown locally, or I want them at least grown in the United States. I want them grown under good environmental regulations and conditions. I want them grown under good labor laws and humane, all these kinds of things that we have here. And that's, what could be going away because of this market phenomenon and because of some of this potentially illegal activity. John Mayberry, Mayberry Packing, also uh, president of the Washington Red Raspberry Commission with us on the phone. Just have a moment left. Uh, what does this mean for the, the future of the, the Red Raspberry uh, community here in Whatcom County over the next few years? We're going to lose, lose a big chunk of the industry. Uh, we, we expect in the next two year, two to three years, would not be uh would not surprise me if fifty percent of the acreage went out. I mean we're gonna we're doing everything we can to to fight in both the, you know, immediate uh immediate relief that uh, some of these guys need. But long term, you know, like you said, we need to have start having a conversation with uh with the public and the consumers. Fifty percent. And the largest red raspberry growing area in America is right here in Whatcom County. And you're saying that could potentially be decimated by up to 50% of our production just because people can't make it go anymore. Yeah. The, you know, the, the total pounds could end up being a little bit different than, you know, the acreage, but mm-hmm. it, the acreage, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if 50%, 50% left, but that's we'll, scary. we'll have to see. That is absolutely scary to hear. Uh, John Mayberry, president of the Washington Red Raspberry Commission, um, um, berry farmer, of course, um, Mayberry Packing, his dad, uh, Marty also involved, his dad, Jake, people, er, his grandpa, Jake, and Marty's dad, Jake, um, people familiar with him, uh, kind of a local legend around here, and then and then your granddad even before that. So many generations here, and, and the pressure is on right now to see if we can resolve this and, and get to a point where, where farms like yours and others can be profitable and, and can survive in these conditions. Thanks for taking the time to explain a little bit about what's going on and keep us posted. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Don.